This program is rated D for dog. It contains sniffing, scratching, and doggy themes. Hello and welcome to Top Dog Podcast. My name is Adrian. Hello and I am Katja. You've come to the right place. Yeah, I always know that we are at the right place, Katja. You don't have to tell me that. Well, I thought I'd make sure just in case we have some new podcast listeners. Oh, that's true, because they're flocking in by the millions every every time we release a new script. I'm dreaming, I know. <laughs> well, you know, you have to have dreams. Yes, that's true. Especially now in these hard times for many, many people, for all of us nearly. But we continue on. We we just do our podcast, don't we? About dogs, about amazing people that do amazing things with their dogs or for dogs. And today, what have we got on the program? Well, we can't avoid it. I mean, that's sort of topic that dominates every news anyway. So the coronavirus will be a topic today. We will talk to a veterinarian. <laughs> we will be talking to a vet and he will uh, explain to us what it means for your pooch, that virus. And since you mentioned pooch, we will check if you're still hooked on pooch perfect or if Rachel still is hooked on pooch perfect. <laughs> And then we have my top dog, of course, and uh, this time I met very special people with a very, very special dog, a golden retriever, who actually is uh, a valuable asset for family. And we will have a new episode of the audio play Pirate the Barking Kookaburra. Now, we forgot something, Katya. We didn't say that we will have an odd spot. Uh, I forgot it actually too. I don't have a story today. I hope you have yes, one. Yes, I do have one, but you're sort of involved, even though you don't know about it yet. Sorry, what was that? You are involved. I am. But you don't actually know about it yet. In an odd yet. spot story? Not quite. Mm. Well, do you remember okay. in the second episode, you reviewed um, a book called Call of the Wild? Yes which is based on Jack London's novel featuring a dog called Buck. Yes. And if you can't be bothered reading, or if our listeners can't be bothered reading, there is a new movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard about that one with, what's his name, the famous actor? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. But it had bad reviews. Well, it's got mixed reviews, but also okay. who is in it that maybe some people might know. It's the French actor called Omar Sy. That's the really tall guy out of a movie called Mick Max, and he's been in plenty of others. But yes, it had bad reviews. Some people liked it because they praised the entertaining action and earnest tone, but uh, it was kind of weird that the dog is totally CGI'd. Mm, yeah, of course. Yeah, not a good look, I think. No, so, I mean, the technology is amazing, but it's sort of, if you don't do it right, then uh, it's just um, some some artificial thing that is jumping around and hasn't got any soul, does it? Yeah, yeah. It looks a little bit gimmicky to me, so mm. um, I don't know. But the other interesting thing about it 
is that it's a slightly different story. Um, the movie focuses more on the relationship between Harrison Ford's character, who is uh, John Thornton and Buck. So it's going to be a little bit different to the book. Right. So did uh, at least Harrison Ford get some good reviews for his acting? <laughs> uh, I guess yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, mostly people were just upset, I think, with the CGI. Right. So it was not a box office success. It probably be very soon in one of your favorite streaming services. That's right. Well, nobody's going to the cinemas at the moment anyway. True. So it has to be streamed. TV, we'll see. Right. And it with a sort of a, a lesser quality, because in Europe, uh, the government has asked Netflix to uh, sort of scale down the quality of the streaming. So they actually have uh, agreed to go back 25%, which means they can't stream HD quality. So the network is not going to collapse because everybody oh. is working from home office. But we sort of steering away from dog stories now I think <laughs> yes <laughs> but maybe if the the bandwidth is not so good maybe the CGI looks better <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah there we go so uh, it's actually a blessing in disguise for that movie <laughs> <laughs> hey Katya uh, now that you sort of asked me if I remember Uh, that book review. Do you remember Dr. Lewis Kirkham? Of course I remember Dr. Lewis Kirkham. He does a podcast called Two Vets Talk Pets and the other vet involved is Dr. Robbie Anderton and you interviewed Dr. Lewis Kirkham about his book uh, which uh, sort of explains some techniques how to tell your dog that you're pregnant. Yes, that's right. Tell your dog you're pregnant. A funny title, but not a funny book. It's a very earnest book. It is about telling your dog that you're pregnant so the dog can actually uh, prepare himself or itself for this big moment when a new a new member uh, comes to the family. So I sort of advise everybody to go back to, I think it was about the, one of the first five episodes, to go back to that and listen to that interview and learn about that book. It is really interesting and, and important too. Now, this time I talked to Dr. Lewis Kirkham again when we didn't talk about pregnant people. We talked about coronavirus, but it was more about... You know, there are dog people around there that are concerned about their pets. That might be concerned that their pets could catch that coronavirus, and that was a, that's what I was talking to him about and what to look for when you go to the vet these days. Now, in times of coronavirus, I know people are afraid they might go crazy and the dogs have to witness what's happening to their masters is that um, how does the dog cope with that behavior well i, I don't know that the owners are necessarily, necessarily going crazy but certainly no but they might get I, scared you know yeah well certainly i think they notice is that, that potentially their owners are home a lot more um and in in many respects i think that's probably a good thing for a lot of dogs they, they like having their owners around and, um, and that sort of change is actually probably a good change for many dogs 
I guess dogs do intuitively pick up if owners have got anxiety or they're having uh, panic attacks, I guess. So so certainly for the extremes of, of anxiety, they'd certainly could pick up on that and that, that might mean they become a little bit more needy with their owner or a little bit more um, attention-seeking or seeking information from their owner. Um, but I reckon most dogs are going, this is great, I've got my owner at home for longer periods of time. And it's sort of a, a vice versa thing as well. I mean, having a pet around you all the time who's always you know, happy to see you makes yourself a bit calmer and happier maybe in the best case. Oh, I think so. I think it's you know it's wonderful to have have that stable sort of uh, animal that no matter how you're feeling always greets you with that wagging tail potentially or jumps up or um, you know, ha- you know up, up on the couch for a pat. That stable influence, I think, is very very good for for people that perhaps are a little bit stressed at this time. Now we hear now daily those you know, horrible news that uh, the numbers of infections are rising, rising, rising. And a few weeks ago there was a, a news item where it said that the dog in Hong Kong got infected by coronavirus. Has that been cleared? Do dogs, do they get infected or not? Well, the first thing is that this is, to put it in perspective, Adrian, really, really important for the listeners is as of today when we're recording, there's about 160,000 humans that have been confirmed infected with coronavirus by testing and there's been one dog in Hong Kong. So that just puts it in perspective. Certainly this dog was a dog that was residing with an owner that was infected with COVID-19 um, and they, um, the owner I think went into hospital and the dog went into a quarantine facility and was tested in that quarantine facility. What the testing was is they did swabs of the nose, the mouth and also up their bottom, faecal swabs as well and it was found for about five days or so that the nasal swabs and some of the oral swabs were positive for human COVID or COVID-19 or human coronavirus, technically. Um, So that shows that the virus was probably replicating inside the nose of the dog. And in that sense, we would say the dog had been infected. Blood tests were then done to see if the dog had mounted an antibody response. And so far, they've been negative, which would indicate that it's not a huge body response from the dog. Um, and certainly that infection has not been shown to be able to pass from that dog to another dog and hasn't been shown to pass certainly from the dogs to the human. But it's the very only case, and that's important, one case of what we might call reverse zoonosis where a dog has caught human coronavirus from a human. So that's the most important thing, I think, to realise, though, is is to keep it in perspective and that... uh, don't give up your pet or think that the, the pet's going to be a, a source of coronavirus. Certainly as of today, you know, we're, we're sort of recording 17th of March. There is no indication that your pet's an issue as far as the most common way of catching human coronavirus is from human to human transmission. Can a dog actually develop a flu? There is canine influenza, yes. Uh, the dogs can get that. That is not a coronavirus um, it's a, it's an influenza virus, um, and certainly they can get upper what we would call upper respiratory tract infections, where they get symptoms that are similar to what we would call a flu or a cold. But yes, there is canine influenza as well, and we do hear of outbreaks of that 
from time to time, um, particularly there was recently an outbreak in America, I believe. How do I notice that my dog has a flu? Oh, well, it'd be, be similar um, sort of symptoms, I guess. You know, there, there might be some sneezing, there might be some coughing associated with it, some general unwellness, maybe a little bit lethargic, a little bit off their food. Maybe there might be some discharge from the nose as well. Um, and maybe sometimes we can see some conjunctivitis or weepy eyes a little bit, but not so commonly in dogs. Um, so they're, they're probably the main things. Now, we are being told to wash our hands as much as we can, and uh, dogs are known for that they like to sniff anything everywhere. So when I do take my dog on a walk and come back and I wash my hands, should I wash my dog as well or even disinfect my dog? What do you reckon? Uh, well, as far as basic hygiene, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be concerned about necessarily washing your dog unless you feel they've stepped in something a bit bit disgusting. You might want to wash wash their hands or paws. But uh, your know, general hygiene is really important around your pet at all times. So after handling your pet, um, we always said, regardless of what's going on in the situation, that you should be washing your hands after handling your pet and washing your hands before preparing a meal or, or eating a meal. It's really important Maybe more so for pet owners, perhaps, and especially if you've been out on a walk and the dog's done their business and you've picked it up in a nice little uh, baggie there and uh, popped that in, popped that in your pocket, perhaps, or carried it home. Very important to wash your hands. Now I have to be careful. Whatever I do these days, now if I do have to go to a vet with my dog, are there any special things that I have to observe, or do I have to behave in a in a certain way? You always need to behave going to the vet, Adrian, <laughs> so do the pets as well. <laughs> oh, that, that's, yeah. I hope but, that's but, the case. But now in these times, do I have to behave differently? Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, so so the, I guess the big, big thing that we appreciate um, at the vet clinic is that pets are still going to get sick despite, um, you know, um, owners being home and all that sort of thing. And, and most vets, I think, are making an effort to provide certainly um, emergency or illness care for animals that need it. I think the important things to say are that if you, you've been diagnosed positive with COVID-19 or you've been in contact with somebody who's returned, certainly in Australia, who returned from overseas with COVID-19 or you're perhaps showing some symptoms of a cold, that ring your vet clinic first if you need to take your pet down there and talk to them over the phone about um, you know, the options of coming down to the clinic or talking to us on the phone, us vets on the phone, we can try and provide some triage or some telemedicine on the phone. Certainly when you come down to the vet clinic, we've all ramped up our clinic procedures, make use of the alcohol washers and hand washers and things and use them um, in, in the, the clinic. If the waiting room seems quite full of people waiting outside for your turn um, and not you know, sitting too close to everybody, so we're trying to keep a bit of distance from everybody as well, um, but most importantly, you know, you don't want your sick, your vet to get sick. So if you are sick or you're unwell, it's not the time to go. Oh, I've got, I'm at home now. I've got a bit of time. I can take the dog to the vet. There's, there's a little bit of anecdotal reports out of the US who are in a bit more lockdown that, um, that people are home and they they're in um, isolation, quarantine. They're seeing that as an opportunity to get some chores done, like the vaccination that they've missed for the dog. Um, or maybe they're noticing the dog's a little bit unwell or a lump or something that's been there for a while. I've got some time now, I'll go to the vet. Please don't do that. Um, we need to saving <laughs> yeah. saving time for, for emergencies. 
do you notice a, a higher frequency, like more people coming to the to the vet now with corona? Uh, we have in the last week. I think the the panic buying hit the, hit the vet clinic a, a little bit. So um, certainly um, not dog specific, but the cat litter. Um, people seem to be you know, running running short on cat litter. Sorry to say the cat word on the show. Also, um, dog food. People seem to be just buying a little bit more dog food. But we've got no issues of things running out, so you don't need to panic buy at this stage. Um, I do have a few owners that have actually come to the clinic. Um, they've got a place up in the country, um, you know, away from the city, and they want to get their dog vaccinated to go up to the country in a supply of um, of worming and, and heartworm medication and tick medication so they can go and live in the country for, well, for three months, one person told me today. Right. So you make sure you protect yourself, and if so... How do you protect yourself? What do you do? What, what kind of measures have you taken? As a vet, you look, I'm washing my hands a lot more. Very aware of um, of, of people if they're sick in a consult, I'll, I'll ask them to, to step out of the consult. And the cleaning procedures around the clinic, we've really ramped those up a lot. Everything gets wiped down the clinic uh, three times a day. And just trying to make sure that uh, the waiting room doesn't get too full of people. Dr. Lewis Kirkham about what to look for when you're going to the vet and how to look after your dog in these difficult coronavirus times. Uh, since we were talking about movies earlier on, let's talk TV. Yeah, TV. Yay. We love TV, do we? <laughs> uh, I'm more into streaming and on-demand services, but hey, that doesn't stop us because that's also available on demand. Pooch Perfect we're talking about, which is with famous actress Rebel Wilson. So how's that going? Well, I heard rumors, no, not necessarily rumors. I heard that the ratings are actually falling. So it's probably not as popular. But I talked to Rachel and we have talked to her quite a few times now about that show. And she, of course, has a completely... The opposite opinion. It was very good. I really, really liked it. You can really start to see the quality and the skill that is going into this dog grooming. It's not for everybody, the colouring, but it just illustrates and demonstrates how much work goes into it. Colouring, what does it actually mean and why do you colour your dog and how do you do that? Well, the colouring is a vegetable dye. It is not like human dyes, no ammonia or chemicals in it because dog skin cannot tolerate chemicals really at all. The dog's protection is its coat, not its skin. Humans, our protection is our skin, not our fur. So they use vegetable-based dyes and that's why like on the panda, it didn't take that well and even on the fox, the black was difficult because it's a vegetable dye it's not as intense. Just to uh, explain to listeners that didn't see the show, so they had to transform the dog into a panda and into a fox and what other animals? Yeah, there was a rhinoceros. Yeah, there were a couple of others as well. A rhinoceros? How, how can you turn a dog into a rhinoceros? Well, <laughs> look, it's all with colour and illusion and, and how you cut the coat. You know, you can make the coat look like the panel's on a rhinoceros, 
the dog has a very furry nose and you just sort of with a bit of gel make it into a horn. It looked lovely. And the little teddy bear, yeah, I think it was very well done, very nicely done. And definitely you could see the skills of the of the groomers. So it was lovely. You wouldn't turn your dog into rhinoceros. This was just for, for the sake of skills, I imagine. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's right. it. It's just for the sake of skills. The skills are grooming skills and colouring skills. There are huge competitions for colouring interstate or internationally here and in America and England and Europe. It's not something that everybody would walk their dog down the street looking like a flower pot or something like that. <laughs> it's just a skills thing, you know, like extreme hairdressing or extreme fashion. Extreme makeover. You know? It's an extreme skill. Yeah. yeah. You're a dog groomer. You, you run a business. Has ever anyone asked you to do an extreme makeover for their dog? Well, the only couple that I've had asked done is um, a big fin down the back of the dog in pink. And I've had hearts. Somebody wanted hearts on the rumps of their dogs. And that's about it. You know, it looks cute. But the extreme stuff, I don't do. <laughs> okay. I, I think that those that can get the colours as intense as they do, they know what they're doing and they probably have more than three hours to do a dog. Mm. Now with these um, reality TV shows where they're, where they're, sort of, they're running a competition, uh, there's a lot of emotions flying around. So what was the biggest oh, yes. emotion in the last episode? The emotions were being able to finish on time and all that sort of thing, you know, same as normal. I mean, as a everyday groomer, to have three hours to do a dog is a luxury. But they have to make sure every hair is in place, every colour is in place, everything, you know, and, and then you lose time. I think that, that the thing was timing, I think, this time. Um, because those that focused on the wrong thing missed out on clipping appropriately around the feet and everything else and there that is now coming through the skills of the finish work how do you direct to the results so did they know they, that their dog will be turned into into a rhinoceros or, or a fox or panda? no they didn't know what they didn't know what they surrendered their dogs to be used for the program i think and some of those reactions were astounding they didn't even think their dog could be could ever even look like that and that's the whole whole thrill of it you know it's for the owners it's for the for their love of the dog and when they see their dog looking different they just love it and the dog responds and that's um that's the beauty of it i just love it i love the, the way to see the owners you know just so surprised that their dog could look like that right it's beautiful yeah i can remember what kind of dogs you have you you said that to us once, but how would you react if your dog all of a sudden looked like a giraffe? If it looked like a giraffe, yeah. I'd say, okay, fine, it'll grow out. I'm not worried. Right. <laughs> you know, because in about eight weeks or eight to 12 weeks' time, your dog's back to normal anyway. Right. You know, because the coat grows through, but it doesn't make any difference. It's fine. If a dog looked like that, I'll just go, wow. You know, you just. I don't think it's something that you'd like to live with all the time. You wouldn't walk it down the street in your in your township where you live, would you? 
Oh, no. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, Rachel. But they think I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> there comes this funny person with the giraffe again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Rachel, many thanks for your words to the show Pooch Perfect. And uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Okay. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, they at least have one satisfied viewer, and that is Rachel Fanuki, who is a dog groomer at the Groom Room in Benella. Yeah, okay, at least one, that's right. But she's a big, big, big fan, and she's very enthusiastic about it. It's fine. Now, Katya, another question to you. Do you know what actually the best thing is about a dog? What do you think? Well, for me, it's that he's he or she is always so excited when you return home. But it goes further, Katya, because I met a dog who actually brought a family back together. Can you imagine that? Oh, very good. Yeah. The dog is called Scooter. He's a golden retriever. And he belongs to Chloe and Dylan. And I met them at the movie festival in Melbourne a few weeks ago. This is my top dog of the week. We've had him since he was about six months old. We got him from my, my brother's boss. He, he got him as a, a very little puppy and couldn't keep him because he had young kids and a wife who wasn't mentally stable, so... They gave him to us. Did you ever want to have a dog? Or? Uh, yeah, of yeah. course, but it was a very last minute, like, this dog needs a home, let's yeah. take him kind of decision. And yeah. do you regret it? Definitely, absolutely not. <laughs> Definitely no, you not. don't look like no. it. No. What does he mean to you? Well, to me, he's just like the most perfect, pure creature. He's just so friendly and gentle and wouldn't hurt a fly. And so I, sh I share him with my brother as well, so it kind of keeps us connected because we, we don't live together, but we see each other a lot more because of Scooter as well. Okay. So that's actually a good thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you expect that it will ever happen, that you see your brother more often because of the dog? Uh, no, no, I didn't expect it, but it's, yeah, it's been nice. How come is you were sort of uh, distant to your brother before just, you had the dog? We live like 40 minutes apart and we both are just busy in our own lives. It's not like we weren't close or anything, we just didn't have time. But now because we both prioritise seeing Scooter. Well, that's quite uh, intriguing I think because now we have to spend more time to drop him off and yeah. pick him up yeah. yeah that works fine yeah absolutely well, it actually you... works really well doesn't it because like out there Chloe's brother still lives at her family home uh, which is close to my family home as well so it's a good opportunity for us to go back to where we came from and see our parents and see our family yeah. and make the trip out more often which is like I did, I did it today to go get him And I got to see Chloe's mom and have a chat with her. So, you know, that was great. It was not like you need an excuse to touch base, but... That's amazing. I mean, he sort of makes sure that the family sticks together. The yeah. bond becomes stronger, is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And he's just the nicest thing, isn't he? Yeah. He's so much fun. He's, he's, a, he's a happy boy all the time. So what's the greatest fun? What does he love to do? <laughs> destroy, <laughs> destroy stuff? He likes being out. He likes being around other dogs just like yeah. this I think when there's just lots happening and 
likes he likes swimming. He loves swimming. Well, where does he go for swim? Uh, occasionally to Warrandyte River. Otherwise, at my mum's house and at our house, he's got like a little doggy pool in the backyard. Mm-hmm. He'll just sit in it. Well, I'm still amazed about the fact that he sort of brings your family together. So you would recommend to everybody you should have a dog if you have some trouble at home? Yeah, if you're going to get a dog, commit commit to it no matter what your circumstances are. Even if you're busy, like just make it work. Share, share the dog around with friends and family and give everyone a turn of looking after him or her. And do you think a baby would do the same job like a dog? Uh, it's a bit of an awkward question that I like to ask. Maybe, uh, well, as far as this dog goes, probably not. Unless we can share our baby with your brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could give that a crack. But I don't know, like, having him as a puppy was still difficult. That yeah. felt like a full-time job anyway, to be honest. Yeah. That was hard because he was just so crazy and ate everything in the house all the time. Uh, but he's chilled out a bit now, which is great. Mm. I wasn't as keen on the idea initially because I was just not in a stage of life where I wanted to feel responsible for another living thing besides myself. Um, Just didn't think I had the time to probably look after something, which I don't really. Chloe does everything. But in saying that, I've been massively turned around because I think Scooter's awesome now and he's he's lots of fun. And I do let him sleep in our bed now. Oh, I was was about to come to that question. <laughs> All right. But the practical thing is that whenever you want to go on a holiday or go away, you just leave it with your brother yeah, and exactly. vice versa. Yeah, my brother just went away to Europe actually. for. And does he sleep in your brother's bed as well? Uh, occasionally. Yeah. He, he sleeps with my mum as well. <laughs> the most, most spoiled dog in yeah, the world. Yeah. It's good having custody though. It's, it's nice being able to share the dog around. So you we still have time to obviously we're still young and we're still out and travel and whatnot so it's nice having the option to share it around mm. yeah thank you very much oh, thank you it's really nice appreciate it well-deserved top dog scooter with chloe and dylan yeah what a beautiful story that is yeah different kind of animals still beautiful story now this is my achilles heel we're talking about pirate the barking kookaburra nearly nearly (laughs) doesn't matter barking kookaburra (laughs) it's okay (laughs) we have so far heard five episodes so today of course is episode number six and uh, in the last uh, few episodes the three dogs and the cat are trying to find out where pirates so that's the name of the bird where he actually comes from so they thought they'd just go back step by step and try to trace down his you know where he comes from so they were visited the hollow tree had a bit of fun in there then they visited the boulder and had lots of fun there and now today they're coming to the gorge and even there they sort of forget that they actually have a mission even there they have a they have great fun in the water their walk finally ended at the third and last secret place It was the gorge in the eastern corner of Tantrabu. One side was a steep bank. The other side was like a cliff. Tall gum trees stood squeezed in between the huge rocks. 
Along the bottom of the gorge ran a creek. In one spot, it had banked up against a rock and formed a big pond. Its water was crystal clear, deep and icy cold. Perfect for a dip on a hot summer's day. We call it the pool, Steltzer said to Pirate. Do you recognise it? Hoover jumped right into the water with a big splash. What's he doing? He's swimming. Like a pirate ship. It's my ship, my schooner. I want to hop on. Hoover swam back to the bank for Pirate to jump onto his back. Pirate was now in command. He was dreaded Captain Baby Bird, ruling over the gang of pirates on his ship. He told the quartermaster to look out for the other ships they could attack. The sailing master pulled up the sails to catch the wind, despite the still air down here in the gorge. The gunner quickly aimed the cannon at everything that moved. Ajax jumped into the water. Avast! Avast! There is the sea monster, the giant octopus. It's going to eat us. Let's get away from here. Aye, aye, Captain, Hoover said, accidentally swallowing water. He snorted and coughed while Pirate was urging him to go faster. It's hungry like a bear. It wants us for breakfast. Ajax liked the idea of being a giant octopus. He gave everything to be a very scary one. He raised his front legs, pretending to swing around his giant tentacles. Their countless suction cups hovered over Pirate and Hoover, threatening to latch onto them and suck them dry. Ajax took a mouthful of water and spouted it in a big fat jet directly at Pirate. The octopus is spitting black ink at us. Faster, Hoover. Go faster. The force of the jet nearly swept Pirate off Hoover's back. He clung to Hoover's ear, burying his claws deep into the skin. Ouch! We've been hit. We're going under! Pirate yelped and screeched. He was terrified of getting eaten by the giant octopus. Well, he knew that Ajax was only pretending. He actually was not keen to get wet. He was a bit scared of falling into the water. After all, he was a bird that could not swim. I'm not a giant octopus anymore, Ajax eventually said. I'm now a pirate too. Captain Crook from Bloodcrust Island. Friend or foe? Friend. Let's have a pirate party! Yo-ho-ho! Whilst Pirate, Ajax and Hoover went back onto safe ground, Steltzer and Buddha were watching them from under a tree. They had a serious talk. My idea of showing him all these places is not working. He cannot remember a thing. He truly lost his memory, mate. Well, I guess we'll never know where he comes from. It might not be for good, mate. Sometimes memories do come back after a while. 
Oh, how? Well, it either just comes back by itself, or Pirate gets another whack on his head and then it comes back. No! We can't do that. We can't hit him. We can't do him harm. It's not what I'm saying, mate. Do you remember the thunderstorm yesterday? Maybe his loss of memory has something to do with that. It might have freaked him out. Oh, I see. With the next thunderstorm, he could possibly recall what had happened to him. Exactly, mate. Yes, but it could be a long time until there's another thunderstorm. We might get one soon. I can already feel it in my joints. <sighs> you are quite fond of Pirate, aren't you? Oh, he loves us and he needs us. I'm not so sure about that myself, mate. Oh, he adores you, Buddha. Since you gave him half of your dinner, he only thinks the best of you. What about you? Do you like him? It's strange for a cat like me to say, but... Yeah, sort of, mate. That was episode six of Pirate the Barking, Laughing Australian Bird, or otherwise known as the, help me, Adrian? Kookaburra. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> More next time. Or if you have missed an episode, you can have a look at www.topdoc.space or www.bubenberg.com for a download. Yeah, you can download the whole story in one hit. But we appreciate if you tune in again next time. And we appreciate even more if you tell others or leave a comment on our website or on our podcast, because that will alert others that we actually do exist. And I think it would be a pity if you missed out on our podcast. Correct. Or if you prefer emails, you can write to us at woofwoof at topdog.space. And this is the end of this episode. And thank you very much that we had the chance to talk to you and you could listen to us. Katya, thank you very much. And stay safe, go well, and look after yourselves and after other people as well. And bye from me as well. And say hello to your friendly dog from me. Yeah, and say hello to your neighbor from me. Bye-bye.